get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky Broncos live coming to you from the DNVR bar here on the corner of Colfax and York in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Kind of uh, cloudy out today, but listen to that voice this. though. It's back. It, this is already the most I've talked in a while. <laughs> like I, I just went on full voice rest, like talk to me maybe like once an hour. And now you were chatty Kathy when you got in here. You're like, I'm ready to go. I know. You know, when you, um, are sick and then you stop being sick and you just have so much energy. Yeah, yeah ready to rock. That's been me since like 7 p.m. last <laughs> night. Wow. I know you were uh, you were wanting to play our Madden game last night. Yep. Speaking of our Madden game, Henry, I need your help here. Ryan and I playing our Madden game. Yeah. Both 0-1, by the way. Yep. Shocked wow. to see yep. that you were coming in this game my, on one. Uh, my 20-game AFC West win streak came to an end. That's a shame. Wow. That is, uh, yeah, I feel bad for yeah, him. Yeah, feel very bad. <laughs> also, I don't know how many game win streak it was over Brian, but a lot. Huh. <laughs> Not 20, Including though, probably. five Super Bowls or something. Damn, that is impressive. Um, so we're both coming in this 0-1, probably really extra bad news for me. I want you to set a line mm. because we're playing tonight. Oh, shit. Um, You're Vegas. Oof. Remember that 27 and a half? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. 0 and 1 is 34 bad and a half? 34 and a half? 27 and a half? Yeah, it's somewhere in there. So 31 and a half? Set it higher. higher 30 higher. and a half? I'll and take the 34 and a half. Let's 34 and I mean, five and, touchdowns. And who are you taking with that? I'll take Zach. Oh, let's go. I think you can keep it within 34. I don't think so, but I'll try. I'll try for you, Henry. We'll Score 14, give up 48. That would win. Anything would can happen win. in this league. Um, Spencer beat Dallin last night. That was crazy. Um, with like a roster that he lost all of his players because he forgot to do free agency. <laughs> He's very unserious. Um, yeah. Unserious. But, um, I just want all the like whiners in the league who get mad when people run up the score to know I'm just trying to cover the spread. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to be one of those whiners. So it's uh, usually not even the person I'm playing. It's someone else like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Should I egg you on? Try to get you in trouble? Yeah, do it. <laughs> you won't put up 100 on me. I don't think I can. <laughs> I'm trying to involve the run game this year. Uh, I like that. That'll uh, help me. Yeah, yeah, it will help you. <laughs> this is like a Vance Joseph's philosophy on the Chiefs. Every run is a favor. Do we still agree mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. Every run by the Chiefs. By yes. the Chiefs, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, I still agree with that. But with Pacheco, compared to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it's not as much of a favor. It was well, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, when he had this philosophy, Shit. it was Kareem Hunt. Yeah. You're right, you're right. It was yeah. basically Pacheco. And it was still a favor. Yeah, it's really true. Even yeah. if it was for five yards Exactly, pop. exactly. <laughs> it's like you get five yards on first down, tipped ball on second down, incomplete pass on third down. That's yeah. how they punt. So then why would you not just go dime every single play against the Chiefs? Bait them to run and give yourself the best shot of Defending stopping the pass. I mean, you're going to have to have some playmakers and on the defensive line if you're going to do that zach allen dj jones randy gregory i know not defensive line but maybe he'd actually be one of your edge guys yeah he would randy gregory's a playmaker 
I mean, it's worth a try. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we should suggest this next time? You know how there's always those people in the media that will uh, give their input before asking mm, a question. Yeah. They'd be like, well, I watched film and, uh, you know, I watched all yep. their film last year and saw these things. Do you agree with me? And the coach is just like, no, I'm not going to destroy you right now. I'm going to slowly let you down and uh, move to the next question. Sean Payton, very high on the rankings of coaches. Yep. I would not make any suggestions. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Because he is one that what, would, wouldn't be afraid to just destroy you. Yep. Coach Prime, also someone I would not make play suggestions. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Speaking Nathaniel of coach, Hackett would have been fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> too nice. Too yep. nice to, uh, to to do that, too. Speaking of Coach Prime, we're going to be talking about him tomorrow. Just oh. let that brew. You can think about how we're going to be talking about him, uh, but think about that. Yeah. Wednesday. Leave you a little... Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, think. It's June It'll, 21st. He's uh, number 21. Maybe. Clever. Maybe. It's the first day of summer tomorrow. Oh. He is a summer guy, I would imagine. Interesting. Definitely I don't not know. The He's from winter Texas guy. and Florida. Yeah, so their you, summers you aren't would very think pleasant. Yeah. Well, he definitely hates winter, well, though. That's, he kind of embraced this Colorado winter, didn't he? Or just the first Only snowfall was for that the all marketing aspects. Because <laughs> remember, no, he, he was pretty honest about it. He was like, "Because he's good." Like I hate the cold. He wasn't because that. his foot hurts. Yeah, and then eventually he got to the point of like, eh, "It's actually not that bad," which is the truth. Wait, why I does think take the why summer. does hating the cold make your foot hurt? Well, he has, he has the bad foot. And so. But I mean, why would the winter be worse for that? When it's cold, it hurts more. When it's cold, it's tough is what you're saying? When it's cold, yes. it's tough. Damn. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, I'll have to figure that out. Yeah, um, yeah you will. I have no idea We're going to be right talking now. about your guy. I'm excited. On the Broncos podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I'll be talking about him, you know, in just a few minutes on the Buffs podcast. Have you missed it? I mean, you didn't talk about him yesterday. You probably thought about him, but didn't get to talk about him. You just jones in. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I was trying to think if I did talk about him at all yesterday, but I don't think I did. You have only uh, 73 more minutes until you get to talk about No, 83. Wow. It's going to fly by because we're going to talk about the Broncos and their receivers. And boy, that's exciting, huh? It is exciting. Actually, yeah. when you think about if what it would look like for one of them to become Michael Thomas... That actually is exciting. That's oh, yeah? exciting. And the reason we're talking about Michael Thomas today, mm -hmm. not only because the uh, dream scenario that one of these guys could become Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas with Sean Payton, Michael Thomas, not like a top three pick in the draft. He's not like Julio Jones. And then when he came on the scene and was extremely good, everyone was like, well, of course, we saw this coming for years mm -hmm. now. Second round pick, Cortland Sutton, second round pick, Jerry Judy, first round pick, Obviously, Michael Thomas played well above his where he was drafted, but still, it's not like, again, it's not like he was this uh, Calvin Johnson number two overall pick. Mm -hmm. So not only that connection, but also Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy have both talked about how they are studying Michael Thomas tape specifically. Should we hear what they had to say about it? Yeah. Let's roll one of those clips right now. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I actually uh, just got... Um, not too long ago, I mean, maybe a week or week or two ago, I just got uh, Michael Thomas's uh, 2019 targets from you know his year that he broke the record, and um, you know just diving into it, been able to see you know how he may have ran a route um, that we are learning right now, you know, figuring out ways to be able to get open because obviously he had a really good year that year, um, so to be able to you know find ways to implement the things he had he did well to into my game, um, you know I, I feel like we'll be able to have a lot of success. 
So he talked about Michael Thomas's 2019 tape. He said the year he broke the record. You know what record he's talking about? Uh, the targets record. Um, probably. Probably the targets record and the catches record mm-hmm. in a season. Guess how many targets he had? And he played in 16, 16 games. Technically started 15, which is must have just been an error. 200? Close. 185. Okay. Catches? Single um, most in an NFL season. One, 16 games. 154. Very close. 149. So almost 10 catches a game on average, which is insane. And then this didn't set the record, but he did lead the league in catch or in receiving yards that year. 17-25. Wow. Only nine touchdowns. I mean, what are we doing, Michael Thomas? What are we doing, Sean Payton? Just not getting the guy the ball in the red zone? Kind One of touchdown rude. every 20 catches? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty weak, huh? <laughs> yeah, Because <it is> <laughs> no, they're all just little slants and stuff. It, he basically was a running back. Yep. He averaged almost 110. I think they were calling him a slant merchant back then. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's true. And to, to your point, a massive 80.5% catch rate, which is in. Same on that volume, it yes. really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. That's impressive on 10 catches, but yeah. 185 targets. Insane. Yeah, how many times over the last few years have we seen like Jerry Judy, like 14 targets, eight catches? His rookie year didn't, wasn't he just under 50%? Actually, I would love to see him catch get that rate? many targets. It's more like 10 yeah. targets, yeah. five catches. It's really true. I think his rookie year, he was at like 49%, though. Yeah, and that one was more his fault. Since then, it's been more the quarterback's fault. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. But either way, that type of catch rate at that volume is remarkable. So we're talking about Michael Thomas, who not only had not just a career year, but like a historic year, but his worst year, Michael Thomas's worst year when he's been healthy, which is a very big caveat. He missed all of 2021, all of 2022 and half of 2020. And he came back last year, only played three games. So really he hasn't played Mm -hmm. since that 2019 season, a full season, his worst catch rate, is 69 percent nice which is yeah it's it's very nice it's actually really nice in in his way as well um this is a guy that as a rookie as a rookie in 2016 he came out 92 catches 1037 yards nine touchdowns next year 104 catches 1200 yards next year led the league with 125 catches 1400 yards and then had that historic season in 2019 if he didn't get hurt which is a massive if, because again, that's been half of his career. He could be on pace to, I don't, to potentially break Jerry Rice's records. I don't know that off the top of my head, but at least be the yeah. on track to be the number two receiver ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, and that was Sean Payton finding a guy that essentially was a mismatch against any corner, and being like, okay, well, just use that giant body of yours to get mm-hmm. in front of these guys and. Drew will put it in the perfect spot every time, and you just keep moving us down the field. Exactly. And it's not a surprise they got hurt doing that because they literally, like, I think yep. his average depth of target that year was about eight yards. And for reference, like, Cortland had his lowest of his career last year. It was like 12 or 13. Like, they're just, wow. it's just little slants. It's just little screens. Well, and he just gets hit over and over and over again by all those linebackers. Of course, he hasn't been healthy. Like, it's just not sustainable. It's the old Good DT point. theory of why he was injured a lot yeah. towards the end of his career, which is like, one when, when you throw it and you just use your body to box it out, the corner just grabs your legs. 
And now you're in the middle of the field. And so a safety or a linebacker is coming yep. over to finish the job. Yep. Uh, yep. And so yep. you're taking two hits on every play. Well, and he breaks so many tackles, too. Yeah. Where he breaks and then he's kind of stumbling and then somebody just comes in and bang, bang, Gang tackle, bang. yeah. Yeah. And just, and again, like you, you catch the ball 149 times. Of course, you're not going to be healthy after Gosh. that. It's such a good point. I mean, yeah. Like you're getting a running back level, yeah. uh, uh, you know, carry share and also michael thomas is is certainly big six three mm -hmm. two twelve but that isn't massive when we talk about guys that take that many hits every single mm -hmm. week we're talking about derrick henry's of the world who are six three two hundred and fifty pounds and there's really only one two or three derrick henry type of bodies mm -hmm. that we've seen in the past two decades one of them is probably calvin johnson who also retired because he early because he was taking so many hits maybe a brandon marshall is closer to that now he's not 250 but probably 230 when he played uh but you just don't see guys take that many hits and <laughs> while michael thomas is big he's not that big so that really hurt him even more and when you say 63 212 you think of isn't that Cortland Sutton size? Yeah, Cortland Sutton is even a tiny bit bigger. 6'3", 6'4", 200. They have him listed at 216 pounds, so just slightly bigger than Michael Thomas. So I think when people think of Michael Thomas, they instantly think, oh, that's Cortland Sutton. Now, I don't think anyone realistically thinks he's going to put up the numbers, but just <laughs> it's easy to look and be like, okay, Cortland Sutton is going to be Michael Thomas in this offense. Jerry Judy is going to be that Brandon Cooks in this offense. I don't think so, though. And I think you guys have already kind of hinted as to why. When you think of Pete Cortland Sutton, what do you think of in terms of the way he plays the game? Say that again? Uh, when you think of what Pete Cortland Sutton was, what he's best at, what is that? Jump balls. Exactly. The 50-50 balls down the field. Michael Thomas could do that. But Michael Thomas, like you guys said, he was doing mm -hmm. a lot more damage on just a lot of shorter things. It's not Cortland Sutton's game. Michael Thomas was a is was a fantastic route runner as well that's where jerry judy excels so although it doesn't add up with how their bodies are i actually think jerry judy is closer to the michael thomas role than Cortland sutton i go the other way because mm. i again i if you ask jerry judy to run five six slants a game you're getting eight games out of, the, out of him in that season you know even look at all the screens all those tunnel screens where you know, he's coming back in toward the line, catches the ball, and just off and running. And it's like a six-yard gain because he breaks a couple tackles. That's that's Cortland Sutton. You don't want Jerry Judy running those things, or he's just going to get snapped in half. And I'm curious. I, I, I think at this point, Cortland Sutton is at his best underneath. Like, I, I do think that that's how you use him, especially in an offense like this. Whereas Jerry Judy... You want him out in space more. I don't think you want him in tight windows nearly as much. I think you want him running downfield. So I go the other way. Mm. It, it's a catch-22 with Jerry <clears throat> because I think you're right. You know, He hasn't shown to take contact great so far in his yeah. career. Yeah. Um, whether that's honest, honestly on a contested catch or just getting tackled. But that is what he does best. He gets open quickly. That's his in my opinion, his hmm. single best attribute is he can get open from here to the edge of the table and <laughs> you can get the ball to him. And so you should be able to do that. I almost wonder if it's more about like teaching him how to protect himself when you do that. Like right. you're trying to get him in matchups one-on-one mm -hmm. -on, -one on the outside so he can make a quick move, catch a slant, and then just tell him like, 
get down before you get hit from someone from the middle of the field. Um, Cortland Sutton, he's just not consistent enough for me to trust him in that role. Yeah. Like, for oh. whatever reason, he just he can't replicate one after another after another after another. And Jerry kind of showed at the end of the year he can be that consistent route runner, that consistent receiver who can replicate performances, who can replicate just down in, down out route running. And so, I don't know. I, I do think you're in a little bit of a bind here. The true answer is you'd like to combine them into one guy and then you'd get a Michael Thomas. Yeah. Um, or you'd get like Jerry Rice. You'd, you'd almost get close to Michael Thomas. You don't think you'd even no. get there? No. In terms of combined stats? But no, I mean, like, oh, if you just combine the players. Combine oh. their attributes, you still don't like, think Like, I think if you take the best of Jerry, the best of Cortland, best of Tim, you're still not getting 1,700 yards out of him. <laughs> nah, I think you're not crazy. getting 1,700 out of that. It, then I You're think taking Jerry's speed. Or his route even, running ability. I don't know that he's faster than Cortland. But, but yes, yeah, I mean, it's the same. Jerry's speed, his routes... Cortland's size, his physicality, like you are. Wait, you Henry, are. You're, then you're you, hoping that that's Michael Thomas, because Michael, Tom, like that is he had he was the best of all those things, and the thing that really separates him is his hands. Jerry. No, but, but he didn't need it. But Henry, you said, and I I want to make sure this is right. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said you wouldn't trade Jerry Judy before this draft for what did it have to be a top ten pick or a top fifteen pick? Right around there, probably ten. So you still 12. think his talent is very much still there? Definitely. You combine that with like the prototype size for a receiver, you don't think the 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 potential would be there? Michael Thomas set the all time record for catches. Like you're not getting an all time player out of that. Like because what what Michael Thomas's best trait is his hands, and neither of those guys come close to his hands. You also hands. added in yeah. Tim, so <laughs> yeah. But now you got Tim's hands. But again, Tim is not even in that world like michael thomas his hands unbelievable his sense for space unbelievable he might not have jerry's quickness but i'd take him as a better route runner over jerry in his prime just because he knew his angles he knew where to get mm. like i i i honestly don't even think it's close and <laughs> I that's think why you're I, off here but there's no way of proving anything exactly so. so here is one thing that i think separates jerry from Cortland sutton here Cortland sutton when he was a pro bowler he had pretty much his best season in terms of catch percentage. It was 58.1%. He's also had a 59 and another 58.7, then two seasons of 50%. Jerry, on the other hand, while that rookie year, 46% catch rate, really tough. Mm -hmm. Disaster. Jumps up to 67.9% his second year, and then last year it was 67%. And I just think that shows the that we haven't seen Cortland be the Mr. Reliable and also be put in a position uh, to be kind of a within 10 yards type of guy. Every every coach that's got around him has said, we're going to try to make you just that that deep threat down there. That's just why I think the history would tell us that that it's it's more so Jerry. Yeah. yeah. But there's, again, then you look at the end of the season, the, the final game, he puts up 168 yards, averaged up the target, 20.7. Mm -hmm. Like it's all I, I just don't think he can play that role because, again, it's not Michael Thomas's separation. That is why he get, got open all the slants and the quick outs and all that stuff. It's that he was able to get that first step and, and then just kind of half run and just keep the guy behind him. And was so strong that he could catch that ball like Jerry. He comes through that. And if he just wants to run, he's just getting smacked by a linebacker. And if he doesn't want to run, he's not strong enough to catch it like that guy's going to be all over his back. And he's not going to catch it. So I just. Uh, uh, he can run those little slants and stuff occasionally, but all that those slants from the slot, I, I, 
I, I think that you'd be asking for trouble if, if you wanted to, to build an offense around that. So I have a, a question about, about that. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at Shady Rays. Use that promo code DNVR over at Shady Rays to get 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses. It's sunny 300 days a year. It's great to have your go-to pair, but you also want kind of a workout pair or a secondary mm-hmm. pair flow with some different type of of uh outfits that you're gonna wear and so check them out over at shady rays you can get this for i mean you can get two pairs without the discount for easily under a hundred dollars and you hit that discount you're looking at like under 50 pairs for two polarized pairs of sunglasses which is just huge some companies charge like double for polarized shady rays just comes polarized so check them out they are styling and boy i mean they have like over a hundred different pairs as well. So they're going to have a pair for you. Also a great gift. Get one for yourself, get one for your significant other, and you're going to get 50% off by using that promo code DNVR over at shadyrays.com. And uh, also head over to Kind Love. Um, They were one of the first dispensaries in Colorado. They started in 2010, and they're known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis in the state. They've got authentic genetics. um, They've got patented grow techniques. um, They have one of the highest quality brands in Colorado. Um, They're basically a farm-to-table dispensary. Um, They call it seed-to-sale. They breed their own genetics. They control the grow process. They control the packaging, and they sell it. Um, So basically farm to table. They also have a bunch of really cool things that you can only find from Kind Love, like the Turbo Core, which is a 100 milligram stick that looks just like a toothpick. It's full of full spectrum cannabis concentrate. It has a pointed tip, so you can just kind of shove it into a joint or a blunt or a cigarette, and uh, it'll instantly infuse it. with. I got to tell a story about this. <laughs> oh, no. So this sort of thing isn't my thing. Um, like... <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll smoke a joint here and there. I'm definitely not trying to add anything to my joint to make me more high. Um, I gave this one of these to my friends uh-huh. uh, who are like that. Uh-huh. And they put it in their joint and they were literally blown away. <laughs> they were, literally, they thought they yeah. were blown yeah, away. They, they, well, they were just like, wow, it like makes it smoke so much smoother and mm. it burns slower. <laughs> and obviously it made it stronger. They were like, that thing's amazing. Like we're, They were like, we're going to the store to get a bunch right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, with someone who works in our company, I won't mention their name, but uh, last night they said, <laughs> boy, do these turbo joints be turbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got stores in Cherry Creek and in North Denver. Uh, if you mention DNVR at any Kind Love store, you can get our exclusive discount of 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. So visit their website, kindlove.com, uh, for their full extensive menu and online ordering. So, Henry, you said something right before mm-hmm. uh, we, we talked about those companies. You said um, you might not want to put or you don't want to put... Uh, Jerry Judy in the position where he's going to be getting so many hits mm-hmm. that often. He just doesn't hold on to the ball in those situations. I thought you were talking more about like an injury. That too, too. That too. Um, like I, there's no path to a catch there in my mind. And there's also like he's taking a hit. My question to both of you, specifically when it comes to Judy taking those hits, because earlier you said like mm-hmm. if you do that, good luck for Jerry lasting more than eight games in a season. Yep. Does Sean Payton care? Now, I'm not saying, of course, he wants Jerry Judy to play 17 games. He, he does care if he's only playing eight mm-hmm. games. But when we talk about longevity, he gave Michael Thomas 602 targets over four years. He knew what he was doing to Michael Thomas. He wanted, clearly, 
to get the most out of him right away instead of necessarily a longevity thing because I do think if you're a coach and you have an all-time player, at some point you probably do think about longevity and what Sean Payton showed us with the way he used Michael Thomas was this guy is the best in the game right now. Let's just get the best out of him right now instead Mm -hmm. of necessarily caring about the future. And that's the cold, hard truth of sports. We talk about it with running backs all the time. Like, you might as well just milk everything out of them right now instead of trying to save them for a second contract. Is Sean Payton maybe going to approach the receiver position in a similar way? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm so interested to see how he's going to handle this. We haven't seen... Sean Payton start a new career with a team in a very, very long time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what we're about to learn, I think he's about to learn things about himself, you know, like he, when he started, he was a first time head coach, um, you know, just like experimenting and figuring out what works for him. Now he's getting a whole fresh slate where he can do anything and everything, however he wants. Yeah. And there's a part of me that thinks he might say like, I am on the four-year fast track. Like, don't put a turbo core in this joint because I'm trying to burn it as fast as I can. Um, Or there's a part of me that thinks he's saying, like, okay, year one, let's build up. Year two, let's explode. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. But he really could just come in and say, like, let's go. I'm I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. (laughs) And and I I don't think that any of the receivers – I don't think the team is at the be- at the at its best when you're running any of those receivers into the ground. You know, I don't think I don't think the Broncos are the it best be team fair. they can be when they're giving 150 targets to Jerry. Like it needs to be a little bit more spread out because he just he's he's a really good player. He's not somebody who every single play you should look at him first. You know, so that's where I don't think it comes into play because what I mean I think there were five players last year with 150 targets. So. We also, I, I got to give a shout out to Jose for bringing up Marvin Mims in the in the comments. Where does he factor into this equation? Yeah, and Jose says maybe Marvin Mims is Jerry Judy insurance. Yeah, I mean, I I look at it in the same way. It's all that just deep post, deep corner. Like you want those guys downfield. You want the big swooping crossers and all that stuff. And a name that sure. only yeah. has been mentioned once, but we put this out on Twitter earlier today. Said. Is Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton more likely to be in that Michael Thomas role? You know who had the most answers? Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Yeah, Yeah, so neither. I mean, it was Tim Patrick who got the most love on Twitter. Do we need to be talking about him more? in Not just the Michael Thomas role, but like as the potential number one receiver in this offense. Yeah, you know, we've said a lot. Like, if Russell Wilson has a big bounce back year, Sean Payton's going to get a ton of credit. The other person who I think might get a lot of ancillary credit would be um, Tim Patrick. Yeah. Like, we could look back and say, like, that's what derailed Russell Wilson's first season was the Tim Patrick Mm -hmm. injury. Really good point. Yeah. And I I do think that if you're talking about, like, if Sean Payton was trying to build this offense like he had a Michael Thomas, I do think it would be Tim Patrick that you put in there. Mm. Just because he has all of the skills you look for. And I mean, him and Sutton, really, but the difference being his hands. Like, he's, you just trust him to catch all those balls, turn and take two steps and take a hit. You know, so I do think that he fits best in that role, but obviously <coughs> he's not Michael Thomas, but nobody is. And so that's why I think if you're looking for that, like, X slash slot guy who's just running 
the quick outs and the, that sort of stuff, it's Tim Patrick. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with Jerry. Okay. Uh, here, I see what you're saying, and I mean, in terms of size, Tim is actually closer to size than Michael Thomas than Cortland mm-hmm. is, and so you talk oh. about a body that could probably take more hits. Probably is Tim. Tim's still crazy enough. His first two years when he didn't play much, about 50% catch rate. Then the past two years, I think average right around 63% catch rate, which of course doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not all on him. Like Ryan said with Jerry, there's quarterbacks that are involved with that as well. And you have to imagine Sean Payton is going to give all of these receivers a boost in the catch rate as well. But still over the past two years, Jerry's actually been the more reliable target when it comes to just when a quarterback throws the ball his way. Mm-hmm. He's going to catch it. I do think Tim's more of a downfield guy, which does make the uh, completion percentage come down a little bit. But let's just hear from Jerry really quick since we have this clip up when asked uh, about Michael Thomas and where he fits in this offense. Yeah, I watched all, all Michael Thomas um, tape since 2017 to, to – um, I got all his, all his tapes for real. So I've just been watching it. You know, I'm a film, film junkie. I just like watching guys and seeing how he – how he played in our offense and see all the great things he did and see if I could steal some things or complement it to my game. Are there similarities to what y'all were breaking? Mm-hmm. You, you know, he's known as a really great route runner. Are there similarities you think to what else you think you're doing? Yeah, he's he a great route runner. I mean, he did some some some, some, some things that I see myself doing. Um, you know, he's he a side of guy to watch, uh, and I love watching him. I have a couple takeaways. Okay. Um, Number one, Jerry's getting so much more comfortable on the podium. Without a doubt. It's really, really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, even just, like, hearing him say, like, I'm a film junkie. I've never heard him, like, talk that way. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, it, and it's really cool to see. So I'm excited for him to kind of mature and and uh, blossom into that role. Two, Sean Payton told these guys, I think, go watch Michael Thomas. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, the yep. fact that both of them were like, oh, yeah, I watched it. And they both immediately said 2017, yep. too. Yeah, yeah, um, Tells me that was on their homework docket. And I find that to be fascinating, especially that he had both of them watch it. Yeah, I completely mm-hmm. agree. So the, you should have everybody watch. Well, he probably did. Yeah, exactly. What a question that I have when hearing that and then when hearing you talk, do you think there's going to be any issue in the receiver room if clearly – one of these guys so all three of them can kind of be viewed as equals coming into the season if one of these guys is really given that michael thomas role in terms of the massive amount of targets you know 12 targets a game and the other guys mm-hmm. are getting five or six because there's only so many balls to go around do you think that that could create any any tension especially because none of them are michael thomas right now and if one of them really takes off that that'll piss the other guys off deal with it that's all i can yeah. say i mean that's what sean would it, it's say it's certainly possible um, but whoever yeah. is awarded that sort of role in the offense will have earned it. Exactly. Like, nobody's getting that week one or week two or week three. After that, maybe you say, like, hey, we really got to build around this guy. But if that's the case, then you've played well. Because, again, like, the Michael Thomas role, it's not like, I don't know, everybody's running routes. Michael yeah. Thomas just got open every time. And so they threw him the ball. And because he was open every time, Drew Brees looked at him every time. You know, he's moving all around the formation. He's doing all sorts of different stuff. You know, he was in the slot 25% of the time. Like, he's spending plenty of time outside. Everybody's running little slants. Everybody's running outs. Like, that's just how the offense is built on all those short routes. That's why Sean Payton keeps bringing in all those big receivers. And so, for somebody to be getting all those passes, it would either be because when they throw him the ball, it's working, or because Russ is just playing favorites. And if Russ is playing favorites then that could be toxic, but that seems 
unlikely to happen. You know what's even crazier about Michael Thomas's stats throughout his time? Obviously, Drew Brees a couple of times threw for over 5,000 yards. But in 2017, when Michael Thomas had 1,200 yards, 104 catches, Drew Brees threw for 4,300 yards, 23 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Mm-hmm. What were the numbers we talked about, Russ, last week? Didn't we say, like, we'd want, I mean, right around that, we we would absolutely take right now. And also, it shouldn't be that crazy to think that Drew or that Russ could get to 4,300 yards, 23 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would not be in the MVP conversation then. It'd It'd be top 10. It'd be really good quarterback play, but that's not, like, crazy to ask for. And Michael Thomas was still able to put up those sort of numbers. You know who the number two receiver was in terms of receiving yards in 2017? In 2017, totally random. I just picked that out of the blue. Receiving yards. In 2017. It's, it's a weird one. I'll tell you who number three is. Ted Ginn Jr. Oh, on the Saints. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Oh. I was thinking like Antonio Brown. Marcus Colston would be gone. Um, Correct. Who would that be? Number four is Mark Ingram. <laughs> oh. No, I mean, Kamara wouldn't have been there yet. Mm. Was, was it Kamara? It was Kamara. Really? 826 yards receiving for Kamara. Two of the top oh, four yeah. receivers on that team were running backs. Crazy. And that's when they both put up 1,500 total. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is oh. crazy. Guys, I have breaking news. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I have no idea why, but during this conversation, huh. I have my first really good feeling about the Broncos. This oh, year. wow. wow. No idea why. I just came into my heart about mm-hmm. what part of the Broncos just the team like as we were sitting here and talking about it I was just like imagining these like huge crowd eruptions as like Jerry Judy's catching passes downfield I don't know why it just a, a switch has flipped I love it in my heart. I feel, I'm feeling better about the Broncos right now than I did 33 minutes ago let's go baby let's go so I have a question that was posed yesterday on the podcast and then we put it out on Twitter after would you take this scenario right now for the Broncos for this year, Ryan? Nine and eight record. First time the Bro- you're already shaking your head. But I thought about this a lot. I read the tweet, but last no night. playoffs. And I almost responded, but I honestly just felt like I needed to give it more deep thought before I responded. Um, you need more hastily. deep thought. And I did. And I can only come to one fair conclusion, which is a little bit on the fence. Okay. As a podcaster, strictly as a podcaster, <laughs> I'll take it. Mm. Um, give me nine nine winners lounges. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, mostly good feelings about the Broncos. That would make our job a lot more fun. And to guarantee it would be nice. Yeah. As a fan of the Denver Broncos, I just simply can't accept it. Mm. Um, it's the worst thing that can happen in a vacuum in one season. Now, they have to start winning at some point, right? Yeah. So we can't keep yeah. doing this. Just tank or make the playoffs yep. thing mm-hmm. yep. um, because at some point you have to start winning. But in a vacuum, the worst thing you can do is have a winning record and miss the playoffs. I agree. So as a fan, I have to say no. But from this seat, it would be nice. This and your answer, Ryan, is just spot on with the way that fans felt. Over 200 responses to this on Twitter, and the overwhelming majority of them were hell no yeah we're not taking that right mm-hmm. away and honestly those answers shocked me probably shouldn't have but they also just made me so scared about where the expectations are for this team already i thought at this point 
people had kind of learned their lesson, like, oh, the Broncos are just going to suck until they don't, and kind of had that expectation. I like that that's not Broncos fans' expectations going into this season, but it scares me. Nine and eight, because one of the things you said, in a vacuum, nine and eight's the worst thing you can do, and I completely agree with that. But take a step back, and the first season with Sean Payton, you get four more wins. The hope and legitimate opportunity that the Broncos would have going into next year, you're thinking, they take another four-win jump, they're going to be 13 wins. But you say, okay, let's just cut that in half. Two-win jump next year. 11 wins, then they're in the playoffs finally. Then you're talking about back-to-back winning seasons. Yeah, exactly. Um, Broncos fans just don't operate that way. Yeah. Uh, And and I kind of get it, I kind of don't. But in the end, 9-8, and as much as anyone can say right now, that's not what they want. People would have good feelings about the team for the first time in a while. It's true. And the whole offseason would be exciting. Yeah. You think so? Uh, I don't I don't think I could get to that point. Because the thing, like be. they already made all their moves though, is the thing. Like they aren't spending big in free agency next year. Like I guess they'll have their draft pick, but I don't know. I you need more this year for this era to work, I think. Really? I do. Yeah. I think Otherwise you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> oh, definitely. Like they, they're <laughs> in a I'm tough worried spot. about people. Because yeah. like I th- if if Russ gets you nine and eight this year, he's gonna come back another year older with basically the same team. I don't think you're ever competing for a title while he's here so do you not believe in do you think this team is going to be clicking just as much as they ever will this year even though it's sean payton's first year because i do believe Mm. in the first year should have a major boost but i still think there's going to be a lot of growth specifically with the offense in the second year under sean payton i don't think it's significant like they'll be better Maybe you pick up another win because of it, but again, you're still well, talking 10, 11 wins, and that's just that's what I was gonna say. Your peak. Do you do you view this as the the Broncos' best chance to win a Super Bowl is this year? No, yeah, no. no way. So then, not. anything moving towards that would be a positive thing. No, because the thing is, like, I think if if you get nine wins out of Russ this year, I don't think you look at that and say we can be a Super Bowl contender with Russ as our quarterback. Like, I think. I think you look at like the three years he has left, and I don't think you can go from nine wins this year to Super Bowl champions in that time. Let's say he throws 23 touchdowns, uh, 10 picks this year, and they go nine and eight. Then there's still like flaws with the team. And there's you, the but thing is you're saying, like, okay, one more year in the system, we could get him up to 27 and 10. But I'd still look at the nine wins and say, well, it, what does that get you? That gets you another win or two? Because again, like you're just you can't add to this roster next year is the thing. Like if if Russ is like uh you know the twelfth best quarterback, then you're you're not winning a Super Bowl with him because you already have all the pieces. If you're winning nine games, you know I mean, you can't add to the offensive line, you can't add to the receivers, you can't really add to the defense. To me, it's like you want to you just try to build a more complete team the next year. Add a couple pieces yeah. in the draft. You, you maybe, finally have draft picks. Right, exactly. Yeah. You um, fine-tune the defense a little bit. Um, you know, whatever it may be. I I do think, regardless of whether you can win a Super Bowl or not, I do think if you went <clears throat> if you went 9-8 and eight this year, and I totally understand why everyone will decline that right now and why mm-hmm. I would too. If you went 9-8, and eight, people would say, that's big-time progress. There's something to build on. Next year, they'll be better. Yeah, I can't wait. Huh. Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with you. I think there will be a lot of excitement going into next year. Do you think the answer would have changed if we would have just said nine and eight and not said anything about guaranteeing making the playoffs or missing the playoffs? Definitely. 
Maybe. Definitely. Because as soon as you say no playoffs, it just feels like a lost season. And I'm just blown away again by the comments section right now. I mean, saying the Broncos need a playoff win. If you're nine and eight, they're moving on Mm -hmm. from Russell Wilson. I think if the Broncos are nine and eight back to back years, then I could see after that. Then they then Sean really feels like he got the most out of Russ and it's clearly not enough. But I think a four game jump. Russ clearly mm-hmm. played significantly better. Obviously not MVP level, but he played much better. I think they get one more year with him. Um, and as we talked about yesterday, that w- would mean two more years with Russ. But mm-hmm. I just don't think that I think nine and eight taking a step back, forgetting the two, three, four decades worth of Super Bowl or bust that was the Broncos mm-hmm. mindset. That's changed so much right now. Yep. I'm guaranteeing the first winning season since 2016, and I get why people wouldn't want it, but what I'm shocked at is people just absolutely being disgusted that that's even mentioned. Yeah, yeah. and someone said you sound like a Browns fan. The Browns have probably <laughs> won more games in these last few years Ooh. than the Broncos. That'd be Damn, close. Damn, that's but sad, yeah. especially a team with who had the number one overall pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could be off there, but it would be close. I figured um, out how to say what I was thinking. If you go nine and eight and miss the playoffs, then you're not on pace to win a Super Bowl with Russ here. If you go ten, then you can say like, okay, ten wins. Then you can find like the couple. Like you're What's not the on pace. What's difference between one win though? Like why is there it's, that big of a? Difference? You go to the playoffs. You get playoff experience. Like you do all those different things. Like it might not feel like a lot now, but going through the difference between ten and seven and nine and eight, you feel it. I, I you would feel that. I'm confident. Like that's you're you're above 500. It could be like mo- the difference three between games like above. a field goal that hit off the post or uh, an oh, onside yeah. kick that got recovered. Yeah. Definitely, but yeah. it's also the difference between hey, there's two weeks left in the season, and we feel like we have a really good chance at the playoffs. And oh shit, we better win two games, otherwise we're in trouble. And those vibes are very, very, very different. And sure, I mean there are nuances to how you can get there and things like that. Um, I man, there's some crazy. Like you traded two top ten draft picks to go nine and eight. Yeah. I mean, you we already know that one of them was a failure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you're just trying to recover that asset at this point. Yeah. So yeah, you you did trade another one um, mm-hmm. to try and help recover that. If you double your win total, yes. you're feeling good. I there, ju- I just know yeah. for a fact that with a nine win season, Broncos fans will be on a positive vibe trend. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Like that's why I said yesterday is like, I say all this now, but then next year we'll be like, well, maybe they will get better. Like maybe there is more to grow also, within the system, that sort of thing. Again, from a thirty thousand foot view, it's really easy to talk about Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Right. Right now, this team has been ass for six years. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean now it's like, right. well, let's just find a way to build a playoff team. Yeah, like it just doesn't, yes, it yes, it doesn't it work is. that way. Yes, it doesn't work that way. That's how you get stuck with Kirk. That's how you get stuck with Kirk Cousins for five years, and you just go nowhere. Like, congrats on doing it, I but mean, you got nothing. But, but they, I mean, they, they've been to the playoffs. That's the, nothing. The, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, so I'm sure the exactly. Vikings standards are lower than that. But the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they did not go from the number one overall pick where they drafted Patrick Mahomes to then winning the Super Bowl in the next year. They built. And right. they, they built with Alex Smith, mm-hmm. and they got the most out of him. I'm not saying Russell Wilson is going to win a Super Bowl with the Broncos, but no. if they're able to do that, maybe it's not with Russ winning a Super Bowl, but they're mm-hmm. able to get squeeze the most out of him and build a winning culture. Get 9-8 would be a winning culture for this year. Get to 10 wins, and then Sean says, okay, I've squeezed the most out of Russ. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move on Trade from him. Up. Tra- exactly, mm-hmm. because now they're going to have first-round picks where they can do that. That is... 
I, I, that's a step in the right direction. You're not just going to go from five wins to Super Bowl in a year. Oh, You're going to have but, to build. And four-win jump is a massive build in a year. But it's not a big enough build. Because, again, like because the thing about Patrick Mahomes Stop is you didn't know wins. what his ceiling is. Like I, I think for us to be saying after this season, hey, I think like Sean Payton actually has a real shot to be Super Bowl competitive with this team as it's built. They need to go to the playoffs. If, if they go to the playoffs, everybody after the season is going to be saying, look at where they are right now. They're only a step away. Nine and eight, though, that's above that or below that line to me where you say they just don't have the juice. Like Russ is going to have to go before this happens. Probably this is what you say. I realistically think that where the Broncos are right now, there's three steps they need to take. Winning record this year, playoffs 2024, and then you can be competing for a Super Bowl. I, I just, I guess, think it's more than a, a one-year jump for them. I think it's kind of that three-year jump. Uh, and also, that kind of goes along with where Sean Payton's contract is. I mean, he's mm -hmm. not gone after two years, so I think this can be a realistic steps in the right direction. And the reason I think that can't be realistic is because four steps, Russ is 39 for that Super Bowl. That's just... How old was Peyton Manning when he won a Super Bowl? That's Peyton Manning. 38. How old was John? Yep. I mean, Russell Wilson before last year had the most wins, I believe, outside of Peyton Manning yep. of anyone. Is we're, we're talking about a guy who probably still is right now on a Hall of Fame path. So, mm -hmm. yes, Peyton Manning's better than Russell Wilson, but we're still talking about Hall of Fame quarterback. John Elway won a Super Bowl at 38. Uh, how old was Tom Brady won multiple in 40s? I, yep. There's yeah. this there is a trend where and older Russell, quarterbacks can win. Russell Wilson is not any of those guys though. When the Broncos know. traded for him, they thought they you were hoped. getting one and we're we're obviously and one only, awful year in yeah. between that. But yeah. it still mm -hmm. is one year out of eleven. Yep, exactly. Um the disappointing thing about the comments to me is that I'm seeing that Broncos fans, not all, but a lot, can't enjoy process. And I just wanna let everyone know if you weren't a Nuggets fan the most rewarding part of this championship was the process the fact that they built it I mean this took eight yeah. years mm -hmm. now this Broncos team doesn't have eight years if we had a you know a rookie quarterback and another great rookie alongside him and we were like look this is a process to build up to being great that would be a different thing but process is a part of the thing someone said oh four wins you know whoop do you do what are we going to do with that you have to start somewhere. You have to take steps in the right mm -hmm. direction before you can get there. The Nuggets' whole thing was we don't skip steps, and they really yeah. did. They just went one step up. Like they missed the playoffs in the last game of the season. Mm -hmm. The next year they made it. You know, so like there are steps to this, and part of like when you look back, I think the difference here is that people just don't want to accept the process now. When you look back at the end of the process, it's it's cool and exciting. How about the Peyton Manning process? There was a process there. Yeah. It ended with John Elway saying, okay, the number one offense can't win me a Super Bowl. So it took two years to then build the number one mm -hmm. defense to go alongside Peyton Manning. These little moves and, and little counterpoints and all the stuff that you have to do in, in fine-tuning the roster is what makes it fun. It's, it's part of the excitement. So nine wins this year, I get it. You turn it down now. You really do. Yep. Because if you're saying we're going to miss the playoffs, it's just not a deal that I'm willing to accept. I'd rather miss the playoffs and be worse. Um, but if they were to win nine wins this year, people would say, okay, that is a step in the process. Mm -hmm. Give me a couple tweaks. Maybe you need an edge rusher. Can you go find one of those? Is it, is it your draft pick? Whatever it may be, then you can continue those steps. Mm -hmm. And that is how you get to the end. The Broncos aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. 
unless something crazy happens. We'd all love to see it. Yep. They have to take a step. Would you prefer 10 wins in the playoffs? Of course. Right. Nine wins pace. and not, it's still a step. The difference with the Nuggets, though, is that they were a young team. Like, the Broncos are one of the 10 oldest teams in the NFL. Like, they're just in a totally different place, so you can't just say, like, hey, just wait. Our time's coming. Our time's coming. But in the next, well, and then obviously it, it's, it, all dependent, it's all dependent on Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. um, but in the next two years, who do you look at on the Broncos and say, man, that guy really isn't going to have it in two years now? Kareem Jackson? Mm-hmm. Who else? I mean, when, when you say an old team, yes, this team isn't. They're, they're not the Nuggets. They're not going to be winning with this group in eight years. Mm-hmm. But in football, it is a much shorter time window. I mean, you're not going to have Kareem Jackson in two years yeah. playing at the level he's at. Um, Mike McGlinchey's not young, but in two years, you absolutely still expect mm-hmm. him to be at the level he's at. I mean, I just look around. There's no guys, again, outside of Russell Wilson that I say, ah, shoot, he's going to be over the hump at that point. But the difference is the Nuggets were getting better. Like, we know what McGlinchey is. We know what Cortland Sutton is. We know what Tim Patrick is. Like, we know what all those guys are. Whereas with the Nuggets, it was, hey, we were just able to win 44 games, and these guys are still all four or five years away from their prime. With the, but, with the Broncos, it's, here they are. It's not a one-to-one comparison. The point is you have to go from bad to good at some point. Mm-hmm. You can't do it overnight. I agree with that. The Broncos yeah, have a much definitely. smaller window to do so. But the way that everyone's talking right now, the Broncos might as well just blow it up now. Right. Right, right. Well, see, the thing is, you've got three or four years with Russell Wilson. Yes. And so that's the pace that you have to be on. Is so at some you point, have three or four years to get to the top. At some point, you're going to have to microwave one of the processes, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make a big jump at some point. Going from five to ten wins this year would be the one, right? That's like, okay, now you made the big now jump. You're now you're on pace. Yep. Yes. If you go nine this year... It doesn't mean all of a sudden you're you're you know you're you're just blow it up, forget about it. Yeah. It's okay. Now next year we have to figure out a way. How do we make a little bit bigger jump? Mm-hmm. How do we go from nine to twelve, nine to eleven? And if you don't do it that year, let's say you just go from nine to ten. Then the next year saying okay, well that may, this is the year we have to go from ten mm-hmm. to Super Bowl contender. What can we do? Like at some point mm-hmm. you are going to have to make a bigger jump because you have a smaller window. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be this year. I think yeah. 30 and maybe even 32 teams, but I think 30 of 32 teams in the NFL this year would take a four-win jump from where they were last year. Obviously, it's not possible for a couple of teams, but like, yeah, who was the worst team? The The Cardinals, they win three games or something. The Bears were the worst. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The Bears, they would probably take a four-win jump, and maybe that's one of the two teams that wouldn't actually take that, but I think, still think they would take a two, a four-win jump. I think people when they initially see this, don't understand how big four-game jump mm-hmm. is in the NFL. Ryan, you talked about the Denver Nuggets. You're wearing some championship. Is that finals or this championship? This is finals gear. Finals gear. That's pretty rare. It's going to be rare to find that now. Yeah, so uh, a thing I do is I make purchases based off how cool I think this will be in 2025 20, wow. years. Mm. And I looked at this shirt, and I was like, 2025 20, years, that shirt's going to look really cool. Wow. You could have never worn that if they lost, though, right? No, I didn't buy it when they, I bought it. Oh, after you bought it won. after. Oh, that's dope. And if you <laughs> want to get in on some Nuggets championship gear, go check out our friends over at FOCO. Use that code DNVR for 10% off. They have so much Nuggets championship gear, and they've got some really cool things. I did buy a NBA Finals Nuggets polo 
before mm. they won mm. um, because Risky. I was playing really in a golf know. tournament and I was like, I want to be able to rep the Nuggets. That's dope. That yeah. is dope. And you can probably get that over at FOCO as well. Oh, I yeah. mean, now's the time to scoop up as much championship gear from the Nuggets, including from us and our friends over at FOCO. If you want shirts, they've got it. If you want bobbleheads, they've got it. They have everything over at FOCO. So use that code DNVR for 10% off your purchase over at FOCO. And uh, if you want to do more golfing, sign up for the Colorado Golf Association. Uh, 75,000 golfers have already done that, and you get a whole bunch of opportunities to play awesome courses around the state, like Aspen Glen Club, um, the Pinery, a whole bunch more. Um, my favorite part is that you get to track your handicap, so whenever you play around, you just put your score into their website, and then it'll just pop out your new handicap. It tracks and tracks and tracks, and so you always know exactly how you should be getting shots, which is very take, useful. Like, months. Now they, it happens immediately. Yeah, it's just immediate. It'll say like 24 hours until it's official, but it's going to be this. Right. Mm, yeah. That's so um, satisfying. Two quick things on the CGA. Mm -hmm. One, I just found out that they have a tournament, um, and you can only play in this if you're a member, but it's uh, at Greeley Country Club, which you've played, Henry. Yep. I love that course. And it's a shamble, which is really oh. fun. Um, the way it works is you and your teammate both tee off. You get to pick the best mm. one, and then you just play from there mm. on your own. Mm -hmm. So not quite a scramble, um, but I'm really excited to play in that. Two, my handicap went down. I think it's just time I accept that I'm just a five. Like, I keep trying to tell myself I'm not as good as my handicap. It's not fair. I think I just am. That's how it goes. Most people probably would be thrilled by that. They'd be like, damn, I am good, as my number says. When I play my friends who are threes, I feel like I deserve more strokes against them. Mm. Like, yeah. one, on, you just one aside bad, doesn't then. feel right. You got to be bad 10, ten uh, rounds in a row. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to happen. You do you, feel, do you feel bad for him? He's just too good at golf. Uh, you just yeah. The num you, you say I scored this. It tells you what your handicap is. <laughs> yeah. Like it. All, all, all I can do is improve it with good rounds. Now bad rounds yeah. don't lower it. Right. But whenever yeah. I have Boy. a good round, like I shot seventy four at Estes Park, Oof. and it dropped it, and I was like, of course I had five <laughs> bad rounds in a row before yeah. this, but well, I put one good one up, and it eventually lowers. the good rounds will wash out. No, they won't, because I keep putting up one every five. Well, I mean, then that means that you're that handicap. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm yeah. coming to terms. I'm there you go. Five handicap. Um, if you want to have a handicap, which is so much fun, like Ryan says, um, go to coloradogolf.org. Use the code DMVR5, and you'll get $5 off your Colorado Golf Association membership. Boom. Shall we uh, hop into the comment section? Talk to the people. Is there any, any closing statements we need from that last talk? No. 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 Wow. Okay. Everyone got it off their chest. Yeah. I love it. We have two super chats coming in. First one from Jake Gameball Rogers. Let's go. Says Sutton is Michael Thomas, but he takes games off. Judy will have better stats overall. Tim Patrick will take catches away from Sutton more than Jerry also. And Mims will take catches away from Jerry. Yeah. And I, I think that Sutton and Tim will split catches closer to 50-50 than Mims and Jerry will. I think when it comes to stats, Jerry Judy is going to have the best stats on this team. Then probably Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick probably going to be close. So, I mean, it is what Henry said earlier. There isn't a Michael Thomas on this team right now that is like the clear number one where they have 1,500 yards and the next guy has 900. I think it'll be a little bit closer. However, I would love to see that. I would love to see yeah. one of these guys explode. And if one of these guys is going to explode, it's going to be Jerry Judy. There's 
legitimately, and I'll I'll just I don't know what I'll promise. I'm not gonna say I'll, I'll eat my shoe, um, because I, I that's just impossible. Yeah, it is. But if there was, if How there's about some beer from your shoe. Oh yeah, cool. I'll drink I'll drink three beers from my shoe if uh, if any of these receivers ever put up Michael Thomas numbers. Okay, that's a, any well, of like, them ever. Last year he played or? three games. No, one forty nine and seventeen twenty five. Oh, the was? top numbers. It'll just never happen. Like none of these guys will ever. Yeah, I think you should do eat your shoe with that one. I think the that's... thing is, it's just not possible. <laughs> I mean, like, saying, like I will just cut it into really small I will pieces. fly away. <laughs> <sighs> you'll fly away. But again, I might as well promise it. I can't do it. Oh, but you'll it doesn't fly- matter. Oh. You could eat a shoe. It would take a while, but you could do it. I don't think I. I don't think my teeth are strong enough to chew. Well, that. you have a knife. Don't you boil it too or something? Or is that just Crocs? <laughs> I don't know. I know people. Oh, what's the what are the stats that they have to reach? 149 and 1700. 149 and 1700. Awesome. The 149's never happened before. Did you clip that you hear? Yeah, cool. I love it. Yep. I love you. Here's very serious about that clip. Uh, I'm also just looking at a uh, Jerry Judy like high school stats and uh, oh, there the we college go. stats because you said ever. Yeah, yep. oh. you didn't say it had to be NFL. You wow. said ever. <laughs> wow. Go ahead and look. Did he hit that in high school? He definitely hit yards. Did he uh, hit 149 catches though? No, that's what I'm still looking at. I'm looking right yeah. now in college, so I'll, I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. Have fun. <laughs> By the way, Zach, I know you'll like this idea. We need to start um, keeping track and putting it on the graphic. Uh, who has won the most drafts? Ah, uh, oh, yes, so I think yes, you're yes. up two, one. Yep. Have we just done three? Um, I have one. You have one too. Oh, yep. Yep. So we've done two, four. one, one. Yep, yep. Wow. So Chance, let's, baby. Next time we release this Friday when okay. we release our draft graphic, oh. yep. let's put in parentheses two wins yep. under you. One. I like win. that. This is just I gonna like be that. sad for you. I'm gonna lose every one of them. Why are you so bad at it? Yeah. I think I'm just out of touch. The only one he won to, he forfeited half How the draft, I which is should I didn't not forfeit have half the draft. I forfeited two of my picks. You forfeit. I forfeited and picks, still not the draft. Yeah, yes. which is just total BS. It um, wasn't the biggest BS we that day. Got any good ideas for a draft? Ooh, I don't know, but I want. Um, I loved gold. Like, that was. It was so, so ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that the right word? I don't think yeah, so. I yeah, I think uh-huh. so. That was great. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't feel right coming out. Um, um, so let's start brainstorming. Start brainstorming. All right. Greg S comes in with a super Did chat. Did anyone says, respond to that tweet yesterday with anything good? Um, what was the tweet? You tweeted out like, "What should we draft this week?" Oh, oh. um, yeah, I got to look at that. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Greg S says, "I hope our receivers would take on a more versatile role with better health rather than injured slant boy." Wow, I'm a Tampa native here, uh, and a lot of Saints hate. Rather than be like Godwin or Evans. I think I have a good one. Oh. Places to have a drink. Oh, wow. We could get 15 of those. That is very open-ended. It is. I like it. All right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Places go. to have a drink. Start uh, brainstorming people in the comment section. We need your I help I have to here. give yeah. a shout-out. Um, Pardon My Take does a similar kind of draft. You know, I feel like every podcast probably does some sort of draft sure, thing. Sure. Theirs is they call Mount Rushmore. Um, they did um, things that you wish you had the stats of, and oh. it was hilarious. Oh, wow. Guys could also draft like, uh, colors. Someone was, someone was like, beers drank. Like, yeah. Right, stats of right. that. Oh, I, I saw that draft board. Yeah. yeah. Th- I mean, that was very ambiguous. It was good. It was great. <laughs> it was, it was, I listened to the whole oh. thing. It was Because initially, being on a sports podcast, you think of uh, sports stats. I don't know if any of them picked a sports stat. Um, one of them did like out like sports watched like how many hours you've watched oh, each yeah, one yeah, yeah. yeah i would love to know like 
what my stats are of like watching my teams, like what their records that, are and all the really games cool. I've watched or been to. That'd be really cool. Yep. Yeah. 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 You guys can also, also just draft like the color red. Best things that start with the color red. Best things that start with the color blue. Like Let's you think start red start with the colors? Well, not start, start but like anything that's red, like a fire hydrant and a fire uh, <laughs> a stop sign, anything red you can draft. I well, see what you did. You yeah. mentioned red first. I, I like don't want that. anything kind red. Of a shot at Ryan. Oh, that was nice to hear. I did. I, before I thought of the gold things draft, I thought of the blue things draft. Wow. Blue you guys things. can just go by mm. every color, literally, like in just. Well, Broncos, Nuggets, those have been the top two picks. Well, this week is places to have a drink. Yeah. Places to have a drink. I like it. I already know the number one pick. We'll see. Yep, yep. I already know, and it's a great one. And that comment, that the Sean Payton way, though, is you figure out what a player is good at, and you do that over and over and over and over again. Yep. So, like, with Marvin Mims, when he's on the field, it's posts, it's corners, it's over routes. It's not little slants and outs and stuff. It's just not going to happen. Right. Like It's not forcing a square peg in a round hole. Exactly. KJ Hamler, maybe just straight. He might just run straight when he's on the field. To be fair, that's pretty much what Nathaniel Hackett did with him yeah. last year. Exactly. You got that one right. Yeah. So I don't know. Some of those guys, like Sutton, can do more, but a lot of them have very particular things that they're good at. Very curious to Tim see Patrick. what Sean Payton thinks of Cortland Sutton. Yeah. It's been four years since we've seen good Cortland Sutton. And like, Tim Patrick, or not Tim Patrick, uh, Sean Payton admitted that. They're going to play them in the preseason, but we still won't fully get an idea. Like, I cannot wait for week one to just see what, what yeah. this team looks like. Yeah. Yeah. What, what he does with them. I completely It's pretty agree. crazy. Because the other thing you realize going back and watching Michael Thomas is just how many passes are so short. Like, it's not even just when it's him. It's like all the other guys. They're all just, like, it's dink and dunk and dink and dunk all the way down. And Drew Brees bats like 80% on those passes. Yeah. And that's how you do it. Can Russ even do that? Or do you have to change that portion of the offense. It's just so weird. Sean's going to have to adapt to Russ, not the other way around, yeah. if this thing is going to be successful with Russ. Yeah. It is probably going to be all shotgun, though, you'd think. Like 90% shotgun, just based on how that offense worked, how Russ has worked. Yeah, unless they really... Yeah, yeah, unless you really want Russ just moving around all the time and just play sure. action every play and moving around. You can still do that from the gun, but obviously it's a little more convincing from under center. Hit us with a thumbs up. Yes, hit us Ooh, with a yeah. thumbs up, please. Two comments. Well, one comment coming in from the count says, October 19th, 2009. Who the Broncos beat? Oh, geez. October 19th, 2009. So that would have been Cutler. It would have been not Cutler. Oh. Yep, not Cutler. That was the Kyle Lorden, right? So that, uh, oh, yeah, that yeah, was here. McDaniels. Yeah, here. 2009. McDaniels was there for two years. So I was October thinking, yeah. 19th, what week would that be? Like week six? Something around there, yeah. yeah. Six, New England. Seven. No. No, that was the Tim Tebow game. Um, October 19th? I do not believe it was. No, not 2009. Broncos beat Ryan's Chargers 34 to 23 wow. behind Eddie Royal's 93 yard okay. kickoff touchdown and 71 wow. yard punt return. The Broncos moved to 6 and 0 as a result of Royal's electricity and Damn, Jimmer I was Bill's one two week sacks. Off. You were. Oh, wow. Which moved him into a league leading 10 sacks. All this despite a mediocre performance from. Kyle Orton. The Broncos special teams wasn't seen hasn't seen a day like this in far too long. Am I wrong? Love the count. Well, they did have the Trinden Holiday years. Yep. In fact, Trinden Holiday in that awful game in the mm -hmm. freezing cold in January in Denver mm -hmm. in the year 2013 of the 2012 season 
Trent Holiday, didn't he have two touchdowns? I think he did. I mean, that's the performance we would be talking about if the Broncos beat the Ravens, didn't have, instead of Raheem Moore, we'd be talking about Trendon Holiday because then the Broncos go on and win the Super Bowl thanks to an incredible performance from Trendon Holiday in the first wild card game, or yep. the first game. Yep, that would be and, like the Bruce Brown finals game. Right, exactly. And now they've got their best punt returner of this century back there. Who? <laughs> I, I don't know. He could be. He could be. I don't know. Please Remember, don't do that, please. <laughs> Remember when? Who was the punt returner in Super Bowl Fifty? Oh, uh, Jordan Norwood. Oh. Yes, yeah. Jordan Norwood. Yeah. And who had man, the record until yeah. this year. Yep. That he was always given just a little too much for that record. Wow. wow. Wasn't Whoa. it like 46 yard return? That it was like 63. Come on the it, show and defend, your, defend it, yourself. It didn't, it it didn't score. Like, it was. I wow. mean, with that offense, 63 yards is a hell of a chunk. Hutch <laughs> is a little overrated for that. Not Jordan Norwood. Kind of Jordan way. Norwood. 61 yards. Was not liked by Broncos fans. Wasn't he loved by Peyton, though? I think so. Yeah. But, like, in the years after that. Yeah. They signed to a deal. Yeah, not a fit. People no. are not a fan. No, you're People living off right. that one return. It, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yes, he's, he's not even living off of it. Nobody. Where is Jordan Norwood? That's um, a great question. That's why I said <laughs> he was started like a living photography off career. Oh, after oh, that's cool. Playing ball. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. He can come be our photographer. We have a lot. Keep him away from yeah, Zach. That, that is true. We Keep do him have, away from Zach. We do have three. Wow. Wow. What are you <laughs> saying? We do have three. He doesn't need that slander. I mean, come on. Like, did he make a great move? Did he make I mean, a great move at the beginning? He was able to bounce it outside and get 61 yards. Hey, I'll just take catching the ball and not. Oh, look, it. there's a there's how many guys is that? Uh, let's see. Literally One, two. No, they gave two up. Guys. OK, yeah, I feel two, even better. Three two guys, guys got stood a, there thinking he fair caught it. Two guys got by. a hand <laughs> on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it goes for 61 and they go up 17, <laughs> seven. And the count comes in and says, I have a f yeah. new first name for RK that is better than Frank. You ready for this? Oh, that's tough to do. Sure. It's a good one. RK is the man of the people, right? He walks amongst the in, in the mass celebrations of victories of the local ball clubs, right? How about our K instead of RK? Wow. He's our K. Love the count. Wow. I'm a big fan yeah, of that. That's that's really good. And then if you want, if you wanna, you know, put a crown on yourself, you just say the K is for King. It's our, our king. king. Our King. And I mean Konigsberg. Literally translates to King's Mountain. Wow. So our King's wow. Mountain. Yeah. And Ryan uh, means little king. Wow. Oh, so you're just little, little king, king. Do you mountain. like that? Do you like being little king, wow. King's Mountain? Yeah. Wow. Our little king, King's Mountain. Yep. There he is. Wow. Honored to be joined on the, the show. The little with you. part is kind of like offsetting to me. Yeah. It yeah is, like it the is. little part. Especially because I'm yeah. not a small guy by any means <laughs> like, the little part is just like it doesn't fit you at all but like the rest of it does I'll does that mean when rest. someone shoots a, hits a shot on you they you know they give you the little too small if they were bigger than me maybe <laughs> <laughs> then Narkin just go like this and say I'm a mountain too at the end that's true um when I was <laughs> when I was at my boys weekend a couple weekends ago we were just randomly doing something where you uh like someone would crush a beer and then nice you would just run up and post someone up and try and get the, wow. the entry pass. And man, I was really uh, feeling good about my post game. Like I wow. haven't been to the court in a while, but I was just getting position on everyone. Wait, so what are you doing? You, you crush so like, the beer. So someone has like a crush up beer yeah. in their hand, but the other person can't see it. Then you just surprise them and then mm. you get the post entry. 
You make the shot mm, on them. I like that. This is the most just dude's <laughs> rock story ever. Wow. Yeah, no, I like I mean, it was probably a couple beers in when you came up with it. Yeah, like yeah. 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. asked, what does Russ need to do to become the greatest Bronco quarterback of all time? Three straight Super Bowls. What an incredible. To, to start the conversation. No, no that, that ends the conversation. That, that would end it? Three does? Yeah. Wait, if he did that this year, next year, and the following year. Back to back to back. Greatest of all time. You put him ahead of Elway. Yes. He'd also have four oh. total. He would be. He would have been to five Super Bowls. But those so don't factor into Broncos. Elway. But those don't factor into Broncos. Yeah. No. No. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. You cannot understand what the vibes <laughs> would be like if the Broncos won three straight. Oh yeah. Especially they would be incredible. right now. That means you beat the Chiefs, or you were better than yeah. the Chiefs mm-hmm. three straight. Years that reminds me. So, oh man, Vic, Vic was up there for the parade, Vic Lombardi, mm-hmm. and he did the uh, now Mike Malone is the Lakers' daddy. People on the internet were pissed that he brought up the so, Lakers. One of the best parts of this whole thing has been just triggering Lakers fans. It's oh, incredible yeah. because, like, the equivalent is if the Broncos go win the Super Bowl this year and beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, somebody sure as hell is going up on that stage and saying, Guess what? We beat the freaking Chiefs too. Like, that, <laughs> that they're calling it that Wilson comes head. up. <laughs> oh my god uh, uh i mean not just lakers fans under lebron's skin oh my god Did you see so that instagram good. Yeah. post and i love lakers fans being like you're still thinking about us and i'm like yeah but you're also still thinking about <laughs> us and it hurts yeah. when you think yeah, about yeah, us but yeah, it makes me yeah. happy when it's i very, think about you it's very true i mean that's what lebron was talking about right Oh, yes. Yeah, had to have been. Well, he was yeah. talking about Malone, not yeah. Mick Lombardi. Right, right, right. Because Malone yeah. went on the McAfee show and yeah. made a joke about retiring. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. Good. <laughs> well, and then I even, I tweeted that out, and I was like, wow, Malone just roasted LeBron. Somebody quote tweeted me and was like, Malone coached LeBron. He would never do that. I was like, what do you mean he would never do it? The video's right there. Speaking of the Lakers, I'm thinking about retiring. Mike Malone's glow up has been incredible. Yeah. We love him here in Denver, but nationally everyone's like wow this guy's a legend he yeah. is legendary you know how bruce brown was feeling pretty physically shitty on friday morning oh yeah i wonder how michael malone was feeling yes <laughs> michael malone i think might still be drunk <laughs> that's that's very true he i like that he's just like disappear you know yeah, like, everyone has, else yeah, you still yeah, see yeah, pictures yeah. of him yeah. he's like yeah. i'm good yeah i like how malone did his media post championship media tour before the parade yep he's like after he's the just, parade i'm gone. out <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Somebody also brought up yesterday the Jordan Love's dad died when he was little. Oh, jeez. And so if if his dad was a Bears fan, then that could be like a call. I can find nothing on the internet about his dad being a Bears fan. I think also, that just started in the chat. Did you, guys, just, you guys talked about how he just completely fucked up that burn? Yeah. Saying, right. Happy oh, Father's time. Day, Bears. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes, terrible. How he was acting like the kid. Yeah. 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 That was. Ugh. And then, Just yeah, incredible. he messed it up all the way around. Also, he's never doing a fun video for a fan again, because that's all what it was. Oh, oh for a Bears it for fan? A, it was like a, a cameo? It was, it was in it, France. Yeah, it was like a was, live cameo. It was at a camp in France. Kind of. <laughs> and, and they were like, hey, he, can you He say? was with a Bears fan. A Bears fan was wearing a jersey, and, and, and he must have said, I didn't see this part, but he must have been like, can you wish, like, you know, the France Bears fans a happy Father's Day or something? But I think the guy was serious when asking, just like, this is cool. I'm with an NFL player. Oh, so he wasn't trying to burn them. I don't think so. No, no. Which, oh, no. So he literally got the worst of every single world because now Bears players think that he was trying to burn them. And then Packers fans are like, Jordan, what are you doing? Saying happy Father's Day to them. Like, and he was just being nice. Yes. 
He so he's never doing anything nice again. That's a good lesson. The love I mean, is gone. This you, is literally you know. like Aaron Rodgers' like uh, origin story, villain origin story. And then Jordan <laughs> Love's just like following in his footsteps. Oh, but Aaron Rodgers would never do this. No, no he would never do a nice thing. He <laughs> would <laughs> never say Happy Father's Day to uh, Paul, the, well, the Bears any, at all. Anybody? Really? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Probably hasn't said that in a while. Oh, jeez. That's the thing, though. Is like even if you're not, even if you are a nice guy, if you're the quarterback of the Packers and a Bears fan comes up to you and says, "Hey, can you take a video saying Happy Father's Day to all the French Bears fans out there?" You say, "Hell no, I don't wish them a Happy Father's Day. They're Bears fans." You take the phone and you say, "This person just asked me to wish a Happy Father's Day to Bears fans, but they should be wishing yeah, a Happy Father's exactly. Day." Exactly. Exactly. And you laugh, exactly. and it's really funny. Uh, Russell Wilson might actually do that. He might wish a Happy Father's There's Day to like a Chargers fan <laughs> if like a Chargers fan came up to him and was really nice. Russ is just like a really nice dude like that. I don't cool. think Russ is that accessible. Like you couldn't oh, get that, that close. I saw to him in the airport. Very true. I that day, if you want to watch Russ. the little the little <laughs> old ladies loved Russ on that day. I don't think you can get this close to Russ though. Would he? Uh, they did. Would Russ? They did? Oh yeah, they were up there just like bolt. talking to him and stuff. <laughs> no. What'd he you might, say? He might end that with like let's bolt. Oh jeez. Oh my gosh. Unless he ends up a Charger one day. Well, that <laughs> that probably won't happen. Justin Herbert for Russell. Unless Wilson. they mess it up. Well, they don't. They are one of the poor ownership groups. They're gonna need to be to have like two hundred two hundred million in cash to put aside as soon as they give them that contract. They haven't signed him yet. Exactly. The Eagles gave that deal to Herbert or not to Herbert to Hertz. Now it's only gonna go up from there. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna need two hundred million in cash the day that they sign that deal. If I ever just randomly ran into Justin Herbert in person, uh, I would tell him. I promise you the only way you'll ever have a legacy is if you leave the Chargers. Mm, wow. Paul uh, and Eli Manning refuse to play for that organization. Wow. Like you can be Phillip Rivers or you can be an all-time great. Man, so you'd rather be Eli? Yes. Yeah. Do you see somebody else put the graphic up? What was like ESPN or one of those? Or it's like, they'll, they'll, what a, it was a great era. So sad to see that era come to end. And it's like, Peyton with like a Super Bowl trophy. It's like Brady with one, Roethlisberger, um, somebody else. And then like, Eli, right? Oh, yeah. Eli yeah. was on there. And then uh, it's Philip Rivers who has like his hands extended cheering, but the hands are like outside of the frame. So you can't tell he's the only one not holding a trophy. That's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, That's awesome. You can tell he's not holding a trophy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you can tell Maybe because it's Philip Rivers. Honestly, the person who needs to tell us to Justin Herbert is Archie Manning. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's very true. Who gave him that vice to uh, Eli? And or John just, Elway. There's, it's not like the NBA where you can get more money if you stay. Right. No, no, you can't. There's literally no reason for him to stay a Charger. It's very true. Yeah. Man, unless he just wants the guaranteed. Oh, unless he forces a trade. You're not even saying leave free agency. Just get out however you can. Yeah. It's like a haunted house. <laughs> just, re just reach the end. Man, just run through it like there's a chainsaw yes, behind you. exactly. Wow. <laughs> I... I don't know. I haven't been to Haunted Houses around here. Apparently, there's a really good one. I think that's been a rumor since Zach and I yeah. were really children. I've, yeah, I don't know anyone that's ever been. Yeah, that's I'm, very true. I'm making no, it I don't either. I'm not missing that this year because that huh. they're like when you're a kid, like you know, the myth just grows. Yeah. Like there's actual like snakes falling out of the ceiling. <laughs> wow, the chainsaws are real. Yeah. Wow, one guy actually died. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love like local myths. Oh yeah. There's also that like zombie hunting thing. Like 
I think it's like a school bus. You get in like a school bus and you're trying to like run from zombies and there's like guys in the field. I can't Do you have paintball guns? Oh, I think it's paintball. I think yeah. it's in the springs. Okay. That sounds sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the other one. And it's going to be a big Halloween this year. It's like volunteers that volunteer to be zombies to just yeah. get absolutely <laughs> shot up by paintballers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be it's some sort of fun. masochist. It's, it's kind of boring. I've done that one. Really? Well, have, you, have you been a zombie? No. That, oh. like, they're, they're <laughs> that sounds less fun. They're, yeah. They're all real. It's kind of like boring like you're just in a little cart that's going really slow and then like they just stand there and you just gotta shoot them like it's not as fun as it seems they don't really I run don't around know. I'll give it a try we should get some land and create a much better <laughs> version of that we do it in the bar shut oh it down God. for one day I don't think that'll work no you don't think so we could do it at like city park man that could probably get you in a lot of trouble <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they say that uh, Cheeseman Park is haunted because they used to be a cemetery so like yeah. on full moons you could see like cemeteries in a grave Damn, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. I only went paintballing once, and I wound up, like, it just hurt. Like, there's just, like, bruises everywhere. Like, just this big. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I've never gone paintballing. It sounds like the worst idea in oh, the world. I got very into it in 6th and 7th grade. I bet. Um, That's when I went. I saved up all of my money and bought an expensive paintball gun for wow. a 7th grader. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Two birthdays, mm -hmm. two Christmases, mm -hmm. and then it just went out of style, and none of my friends wow. went anymore. Damn! How many times did you get to use it? Like twice. Oh no! <laughs> wow! Yeah, it sucked. Uh, and yeah, you just had like giant welts on you that really hurt. It was crazy. That's like terrible. you just go up into the forest, but and sometimes just, things ugh. that hurt you can be fun. Can, like uh, I still have bruises on me from being in mosh pits downtown after the Nuggets won the championship. <laughs> Wow. I thought you were going to say, like, being a Rockies fan or something. No, no. I really do have, like, two giant bruises right here, which must have just been from someone's, like, fingertips yeah. that, like, grabbed me as I was. Because once you got down to, like, 20th and Market, mm, yeah. Yeah. it was just a literal, like, actual mosh pit. Like, everyone was just, like, <laughs> running into each other. I think, like, once you get enough dudes in an area, yeah. everyone looks at each other. He's like, you guys want to just run into each other? <laughs> Punch like, each yeah, other for fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't from someone falling off a light pole onto you? Nope. Okay. My I remember yeah. exactly. I, like, went by them, and they just grabbed my arm. <laughs> Did you so see bad. the guys smashing the scooters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Those were incredible. There was, like, another circle... Where like well, you saw it live? Oh yeah. Oh, I just saw the yeah. videos. And wow. it's like because you show up there and it's like, what is happening here? And it's just like this guy's holding like a lime scooter above his head and he's like wobbly and he's like walking around. And he like goes the edge, circling back, and then he just like runs and just slams it into the ground. And that's and, like, not cool. No, it's not. But you stand there, it's like, whoa, what the hell just happened? What is it? And then another guy grabs another scooter and does the same thing. Like, like I don't even know. It's like a WWE, like walking around the ring thing with the scooter <laughs> above his head and just bang on the ground. And then you see like four of those guys do it. And it's like, huh, I'm going to head back over that way now. Yeah. That's I, don't, I don't get the <laughs> yeah. destruction after winning. I don't either. It makes no sense. I get gathering and celebrating with everyone and doing it in the streets and shutting down the streets. Mm -hmm. But like... It, breaking cars and lighting things Thankfully, on fire. I mean, and if yeah, if I do breaking like a couple lime scooters is the worst thing that happened. Uh, that's I mean, a pretty yeah. tame celebration. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I guess it wasn't the worst thing. It was happened. not the worst. Yeah. But that wasn't actually, also uh, related to the celebration. It wasn't which was just yeah. a little, bad headline. A drug issue gone wrong, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. My brother also uh, accidentally hit somebody with the cone. Well, out like there. a traffic cone? Just like, a traffic cone. Oh. Probably okay. Yeah. Better than ice cream. Yeah, he just ran because he didn't mean to hit I was just recording stuff. And I ended up uh, record like someone just threw like a bottle, like a little one. I guess it was like a shooter, but it was huh. glass. Mm. Someone just chucked one. And like in the video, you can see my friend just like at the last second track it and just catch it. <laughs> and, it wow. and then everyone around us is like, 
Yeah, <laughs> sick catch. That's awesome. <laughs> and obviously, wow. I had no idea that was happening. No, and my buddy even afterwards was like, "Did you get that on video?" I was like, "No, I don't think so." And then the next day, I looked at my video, and you could just clearly see it. <laughs> the funny part is, it doesn't stay in frame. Like on one side of the frame, you just see it launch into the air, and then like on the other side of the frame, you just see him go. Whoosh. Just drops out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what do you think of going? And we could start like a TikTok account or something. And we review every haunted house and like all that stuff in the in the area in October. I don't think I'm the right person for that. Really? Because he doesn't he doesn't get afraid from them. Well, the thing oh. is, like, I don't mean to do this, but my my fear sensor just turns off when I go into huh. haunted house, and I don't know how to keep it on. Interesting. I wish I had that. I no, I don't. It makes it a huge waste of money. I think a turbo core oh, might uh, turn oh. that back off. <laughs> yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> that, I would turn it back off in a hurry. There's probably yeah. a lot of people in this company that would. I think there's plenty. <laughs> yeah. That would actually be incredible content. I know. Because yeah. I was just, li- there's like a whole list. Unless someone just starts truly freaking out and having yeah. a that's, meltdown. That's the fun. <laughs> well, that's the fun. I mean, it would be. And if, uh, if our snake prank on Hank is any, uh, mm. wow, that was a yes. hell of a sentence. Snake <laughs> prank on Hank uh, is any evidence he's easily jump scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. true. It's incredible. There's, oh, Yaya wants us to stop talking. I'm not sure oh, what you to want think us of out? that. It's 1121. We got a show in. Uh, Deion Sanders talk coming up next. Let's and go. tomorrow. Tomorrow. Coach Broncos Prime podcast. to you. Oh, of course. Yes. Get Actually, it right for tomorrow. Dion tomorrow. Oh. oh okay. It's a hint. <laughs> yeah, Still haven't hint. figured it out. but Good. Good. You'll find right. out tomorrow. All right. <laughs> See you guys.